This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. We're going to have a great conversation today. We're going to talk financial, financial planning. Okay, nobody tune out. <laughs> this, is, this is something that we absolutely have to talk about. And probably one of the things that we almost always put off, you know, death taxes and financial planning, right? You know, we don't want to talk about that. It's, you know, don't want to deal with those things. And so please join me in welcoming my guest who's going to make this very fascinating for us today, John Kennedy. So welcome, John. Hey, Deb, how are you? Fantabulous. You know, having a great day here in Atlanta. We're actually getting rain. We went an entire month with no rain, and that's very strange here in Atlanta. So, you know, it's it's a great day here, and you're in Florida, so you know, got to be good down there. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't happen in Florida. I think if we go a week without rain, we're kind of lucky. We get a lot of rain down here, especially now. And I've got um, a three-year-old and a three-week-old at home right now. Oh my um, gosh, three so weeks! Your background noise. Then. Ah. <laughs> well, congratulations on, especially on the newborn. How much fun is that? It's a lot of fun. We're running on a lot of caffeine. I feel mm-hmm. like a Dunkin' Donuts commercial right now, but uh, we're having a blast with it. It's yeah. very fun. and and you do realize that's like the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I keep asking some of my friends who have older kids, like, "Hey, when does this change? Do we ever get to sleep through the night again?" And and people have said no. So. No. No, especially not while they live at home. And I say that as a non-parent, of course, right. um, you know, because you, you, you're always wondering what's going on with them. And, and, you know, but of course that's, that's one of the beauties of life, you know, and, and so much fun. So yay, congratulations. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll really jump into talking about this. So cool. aside from having a famous name and being married to Jacqueline Kennedy, Yes, they really are John and Jackie Kennedy. John is the co-founder of Candor Path Financial and a certified financial planner with a focus on working with business owners, helping them scale their business like it's 2019. Long gone are the days of focusing on just old school techniques to build wealth. John believes that as a business owner, your mindset is on growing your company and he understands that for most, that means investing every bit of your cash flow back into the business. And I'm guessing that that's probably not what we want to be doing. So again, John, welcome. Thank you. Excited well, to be here. You know, it's, we really are going to have so much fun, but you know, d- take us a step or two back and tell us how you got to where you are today and how you decided to, to start this business. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. So I've been serving as a financial advocate for probably the last 10 years or so. My business partner's been in the industry for almost 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And I think when you first start out in the financial services industry, there's sort of this mindset where you work with um, anyone, right? Like anyone and everyone who's willing to talk with you, you want to sit down and work with them. And um, although that's great, what I've learned over the years is we've start, started to articulate our vision and who we really enjoy working with. Um, there's just a connection and a passion with other business owners because we have Gander Path Financial. We're growing and scaling and building our own business as well. Um, there's just a deep connectivity to that. And mm-hmm. so it's really enjoyable to find different, more creative ways mm-hmm. to do financial planning. I think most people kind of come with this assumption of, Oh, right. That, you know, the financial advisors, like that's the guy or gal is going to help me with, you know, the stocks and bonds in a portfolio. Retirement. Yeah. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong. If we're not doing that, that is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If we're not doing those things too, then we're really missing a huge component of that. But there's so many other areas of one's Mm -hmm. financial life that matter. And as a business owner, there's the blending of those worlds, your personal and your business side. It's just so, so critical to be. Um, capable and willing to have those conversations with other business owners. Right. And so you decided that you wanted to to start your own business where you could really focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. And we work with retirees and and all sorts of of people here. We're based in Orlando, Florida. 
Um, but with the beauty of technology, I mean, mm-hmm. we have no geographical boundaries. We have mm-hmm. clients all over the country. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a deep passion and just, it's fun. It's fun mm-hmm. to have meetings. And after an hour with a client, they go, huh, man, I had no idea we were going to talk about that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. Well, you know, and I mentioned in the intro, and, and I was only kind of being facetious, that we don't want to talk about financial planning. You know, for whatever reason, you know, they, you know, one of the big things they say causes strife in a marriage is talking about money. Um, you know, I'm assuming that's the same, same thing holds true, especially if you have business partners. Yeah. Um, you know, you really don't want to deal with things like that. And, you know, and we hope that things are going to work out. You know, and, 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 you know, and, and of course, that's one of the big issues is we can't hope that it's going to work out. And I always tell people, you know, when, we, when we've talked about starting a business on the program, I've always said, you know, one of the things that you absolutely have to have when you're starting out, you have to have a good attorney, make sure you're going down the right path, getting, you know, everything done. And you really do need a financial person who yeah. is, is going to help you, whether it's a CPA, whether it's a, a certified financial planner, um, you know, all these various things, because we don't have that knowledge. You know, I, I joke frequently that, you know, I wouldn't try and change my own oil or do brain surgery, right. you know, and, but we try and do our own taxes or we try and do our own financial planning, you know, and, and, and I love it. You know, there's apps where you can, you know, you can, you can do, you know, and we've got commercials <clears throat> and we're not, you know, not saying anything negative about any of that. And, and that certainly works for, for quite a few people, but we need to really sit down and think about it and think about, you know, okay, you're just starting out. You've got this new business. You've got a new family. You know, what are you going to be doing? And, you know, and, and then, you know, okay, you, you know, like my husband and I, we have five years left before he retires. Yeah. And so, you know, we're at a totally different stage of our life. And, you know, all along that path, we should have been planning, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that so many people just kind of gloss over. Yeah, you touched on a lot of important things right there. I would say, um, from my standpoint, I think working with a financial planner, a lot of that, and we'll talk about the fractional CFO idea in a minute, but a lot of that comes back to accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's all sorts of apps. And frankly, you can research, depending on how much time you have, you can research at nauseum a right. specific topic you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out. Um, and, and that's our job to know those things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like what we truly provide is is like objective counsel and accountability. Right. The same way that you know if you go to the gym and exercise and eat well, mm-hmm. it's going to result in better health. You're right. going to get in better shape. Like that mm-hmm. equation isn't mm-hmm. that difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, January 1 of every year, everybody, you know, realizes, okay, I'm going to get back on the wagon. I'm going to exercise. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening within three months of that year is they don't have that accountability. They don't mm-hmm. have maybe a, a personal trainer. Right. Now, again, in theory, is it hard to do those things? No, but that personal trainer... Mm-hmm is there to hold you accountable, right. come up with new strategies and ideas. And I think it's kind of similar in this mm-hmm. realm. Right. And as a, as a business owner, you know, your life is spent really pouring your time and your soul and your effort into mm-hmm. growing whatever the business is, a, a practice, a business, what have you. And so it's easy to ignore and forget about those financial things because mm-hmm. A, they're not that exciting anyway. Right. Right. I mean, everybody likes to think about planning in 10 and 20 and 30 years, but we all sort of have the shorter term mindset in the now of, yeah, but I'll deal with that next year. I'll deal with that tomorrow. Can I pay, can I pay the bill today? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then as we progress in our career and we call it life transitions, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know, you said, you know, you and your husband within the next five years or so, that's a huge life transition. Mm-hmm move into retirement. My guess though for you, Deb, is you love what you do and you're probably never going to- Oh, I'm not retiring. He's retiring. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so I think for a lot of people starting a business or different segments of where their business is, if they're talking about succession planning, those are just really tremendous transitions within their life Mm -hmm. and their business and they deserve conversation. They deserve Mm -hmm. a a third-party counsel. Right. You know, and- and it really is that we just don't have that knowledge, um, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, you're thinking about a 401k or, you know, how are you going to pay your business bills through the end of the year? You know, it, for one thing, as a business person, we're busy doing whatever it is that we do, you know, building that widget, training that, you know, doing that training program, whatever it is. And that's why we forget about it or we don't take the time to do it 
because we are busy doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And so that's why it is wise to have someone else help you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and again, I think um, the concept of in the traditional sense of a financial advisor, most people would assume that that person might not be prepared or ready to have those business planning type discussions. Mm-hmm. Too. And I feel like that's where my business partner and I are mm-hmm. a little bit different in that we just love that stuff. Right. I mean, it's so exciting to me. A, a really fun scenario is someone who has, you know, maybe it's a, it's a revenue based, um, you know, succession plan meeting, you know, if it's <laughs> insurance or tax practice or whatever, you know, you typically sell that practice in part of your succession plan mm-hmm. in the realm of, a two times multiple or a four times multiple of revenue, that, that type of thing. And so if we can come up with legitimate and creative strategies to increase that revenue by even a half a percent or 1%, mm-hmm. geez, I mean, if it's a, right. if it's a fifth, if it's a $5 million revenue business, that's $50,000 in that year, if it's at 1%. So there's a lot of fun things that we can do to move the needle that I think mm-hmm. are really, um, you know, they're just, they're sometimes missed. Right. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's because anymore there are so many options. Yeah. Um, you know, and and even if somebody absolutely loves doing something like this, they're probably still not going to find all those options. Um, you know, and and you know, obviously we're not going to give any specific financial sure. information. You know, there we 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 know the disclaimer part, um, but. You know, there are things where, you know, people, they just, you know, they, they just don't know that things exist. And then there are ch- things that are changing all of the time. I mean, you know, Bitcoin. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, why would I want to invest in Bitcoin? Now, I know other people who are, you know, they've based a lot of their financial planning on Bitcoins. Right. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit more, shall we say, mature. <laughs> and, I, and then I think now, um, you know, and, or people will ask me, you know, because I do social media, well, you've bought Facebook stock, right? No, <laughs> that's right. just not part of, of, you know, my financial planning might be somebody else's, but, sure. um, you know, and, and, and I was definitely more, uh, uh, more, more of a risk taker in my investments when I was younger. And then I got married and my husband said, no. Because he is one of those really practical people, and he said, "No, no, no." And I and I was like, "But that made lots of money." He said, "No, right. um, you know." And, and so, you know, there. But but yeah, I mean, there's just so many options out there, and so that's where it really does. You know, it's it's just essential that we work with someone like you who knows many, most, not all. You know, you're not that good, but you yeah. know, knows a great deal about the the various options that are out there. Yeah, I think it's about about time and leverage. I mean, if you're running a business, you're really trying to build something of significance, right? right? Like for your employees, for your mm-hmm. family, for yourself, for your community or what have you. And so you're pouring all of your time and effort when you're working on the business mm-hmm. to grow that. Um, the financial end, again, I don't think there's anything that you couldn't, and I mean, I, I say this as a financial planner, like there's nothing you couldn't Google. If there was a very specific task that you were trying to figure out and find out, that you, that you couldn't Google, but that might take you 20 collective hours right. and oscillating between the pros and cons and should I do this and shouldn't mm-hmm. I do this, where that might be accomplished in one direct conversation mm-hmm. that we can have. So I think that's probably the biggest element is if you really want to leverage your time to focus on working right. on what you're good at doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for many people, finances isn't that thing. And that's not a, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I think, uh, you know, here, at least in, in the States, it's like, where do they even give financial training? I mean, uh, you know, I, I took a course when I was in college of personal finance, and that was the hook for me. And I realized, wow, I love this stuff. I want to do this for a living. And I never, I never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't even get that opportunity to right. take that course. So they start a business because it's their passion and they love it. And then they sort of have to figure out the finance stuff along the way. So I feel like that's kind of where we get to come in and serve in a really unique capacity. Mm-hmm. We use this term fractional CFO and I, I love that because I feel like it, it defines it well. You don't right. have to be a, a $50 million business that can afford an in-house, mm-hmm. you know, all hands on deck CFO. You can have a, a, you know, a fractional part-time mm-hmm. CFO who can help you with all of those elements too. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think it's a time and leverage thing, but you, you said something else that's important. You've talked a couple times now about, um, 
you know, like, you know, a husband and wife making decisions or, or you and your husband when you got together and changing risk tolerances and things. I always view a, a couple as sort of, it ends up seeming to me that there's like a, C, there's like a CFO and a CEO relationship. Right, right. We have that in my household. Like mm-hmm. I'm the financial one. I'm, I'm the CFO of the family. My wife is the CEO of the family. Oh yeah. CEO. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We still have to ensure that we come together on our mm-hmm. decision making. Right. And so there's always the middle ground. There's always communication to be mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's really important that I find in working with, with, with business owners. Sometimes, um, you know, the, the other spouse isn't a part of those conversations initially. And we almost make it a requirement. Like, huh? hey, the whole family needs mm-hmm. to be on the same page with what we're talking about and mm-hmm. what we're doing. And I think that's really, really critical. Mm-hmm. And it's oftentimes overlooked by, by couples, I think. Definitely. You yeah. know, and, and, and I'll be honest, you know, my husband it knows almost nothing about the, you know, aspects of my business, um, you know, and, and it, it, it you know, it, it is one of those things that we don't talk about, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and part of it is because he's like, you, you do social media, something. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and, and I, you know, look at his job and I think I'm not sure what he does either, but <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, it, it is, it's, it's important that we at least know some of the basics, yeah. um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, and then if you toss in that there's employees and, and things like that, you know, and, and clearly there are some legal ramifications and we're you know, not going to go into to any of those because it could vary by state, you know, all sorts of things as to liability, you know, a spouse's liability on some things also, you know, and, and but because those things exist. You know, you need to check that out. Um, you know, if, if something, if say your business is sued, you know, are you going to lose your house? Um, right. You know, and, and, and your spouse, your partner is probably going to get a little annoyed at that. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's probably a decision worthy of having a conversation around right. as a couple. <laughs> right. You know, and, and some of that is, is, you know, exactly what I was saying at the start where it's how you set up your business. You know, is it an LLC? Is it an S corp? Do you have insurance? Um, you know, depending on what your, your company is, you know, do you have, you know, the, the insurance that you need, you know, if, if say you're a business that, you know, maybe is a landscaping company or drywall or something like that, where there really could be something that is, is big that happens, sure. you know, is it going to wipe out your business? And more importantly, are they going to take your house, your car, your kids savings, you know, things like that, you know, just because you thought, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of do this on the side. I'm going to have people write out personal checks and make them out to me as opposed to my business. That's where, you know, it's just so important to have all those discussions and have them ongoing because things change. You know, maybe your business has grown enough that you need to change the structure. Um, You know, and and again, that's where we all, you know, for the most part are going to go, Right. And so we need someone like you who's going to help us through that process. And I can't help but think of uh, when you say all that, there's a statistic I heard and I listen to so many podcasts. I just, I feel like that's, that's for me, if I'm going on a walk or run if I'm in the car. So I might've heard this from yours. I feel like I might've, but maybe not. <laughs> but um, the stat was there's 27, I think it was 27 million small businesses in America that produce a million dollars or less in revenue. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating because if you're a small business that's making a hundred thousand or mm-hmm. 400,000, I mean that, that a million or less in revenue, you I mean, that is a, that that's is, a big you're providing, mm-hmm. yeah, you're providing significant mm-hmm. value to employees, to mm-hmm. your family or community. So I think, gosh, you know, how many of those 27 million cases have there been changes that needed to happen mm-hmm. along the way Right. You know, it doesn't have to be technical from an accounting standpoint. It could just be structure of the business. Mm-hmm. It could be the way they set up employee mm-hmm. benefits. It could be, um, you know, different types of retirement mm-hmm. options that become available as you, mm-hmm. th- and that become more beneficial or less beneficial depending on the amount of employees and the way your business is structured. So, you know, of those 27 million, it's like, man, I, I'm sure at least half of them, if not every single one of them have experienced that mm-hmm. change transition in their business where, it would have been worthy to consider a look at something that maybe they didn't even, mm-hmm. they didn't even think to, because again, they're just really focused on scaling and growing their business. Right. Right. You know, and, 
And then there are those, you know, issues of do you pay yourself? I mean, you know, I mentioned in your bio that, you know, many times we just completely put every penny back into the business. We never pay ourselves or more importantly, we're not saving, you know, or investing, you know, some of that money. Um, and part of it, we just don't know. I mean, you know, wait a minute, you mean I could take X number of, you know, and, and, and invest it, um, you know, because we think, well, but it's a small business. How can I invest it? Um, you know, or, oh my gosh, things are a little bit tight. So I'm going to write a personal check to, to start doing things. And so it gets, you know, the financial planning of your business really is something that can be, and, and often is very complicated. Yeah, one of my favorite conversations to have on that topic is about business cash flow mm-hmm. and how and when to move things over to the personal mm-hmm. side. You know, so kind of like the, you know, how, how do you pay yourself? What right. should that number be? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think for most people, especially when they start off, there's just this blending of your personal and mm-hmm. business world right. and life. Right. And happens. it's like, okay, what credit card and where am I today? You yeah. know, you know, okay, yeah. I'm going to buy, exactly. you know, the, the, the computer and, you know, and, and you don't even keep track as to, you know, which credit card you used. Yeah. You know, oh, I get, I get more cash back or more points, mm-hmm. percentage points by buying right. these purchases in this mm-hmm. quarter. So I'm going to use this card now and then I'm going to switch to, you know, the, you know, XYZ card later. I think that, yeah, it creates a lot of confusion. And then as the business matures, even more of a reason to continue to have that separation of church and state of like, okay, this is the business side mm-hmm. where money flows from a cash flow perspective to the personal side. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. we probably do that in a series of like two or three meetings mm-hmm. an hour each, but I think that is, that is tremendous. And if you can get that set up right mm-hmm. from the beginning, right. oh man, that's, you're, I mean, you're yeah. rocking and rolling from the yeah. get-go. You know, I started Wise Women Communications, oh gosh, almost 25 years ago, um, back when I actually had to walk into the Secretary of State's office to apply for the business license because (laughs) Al Gore hadn't invented the internet yet. Um, But one of the best pieces of advice I got, and it was one of the simplest, most basic things, but this person told me, set up your business bank account in a different bank than your personal bank. And, you know, and, and, and I remember thinking, well, that's stupid, you know, and, and, and I must have had the, that stupid look on my face because she said, it is far too easy to co-mingle funds when they're in the same bank. And, you know, and and so I did, you know, we, we, you know, we were with a credit union. We're actually still with that same credit union with our our personal. And I, you know, I set up my business bank in a totally different bank. Um, You know, I see when I get the credit card out, how is it branded? Oh, this is my business credit card because it has this on it. And, you know, and it really was one of those things where simple, simple piece of advice, but probably one of the best things that, that somebody told me. Yeah, and I think however subconscious that might be, it matters when you're pulling out your pocketbook and you see the right card for the appropriate expense and you pull Mm -hmm. that one. And fast forward 25 years later to today, that that foundational idea hasn't changed. I mean, that's my my wife and I Mm -hmm. operate the same thing. We have Mm -hmm. the the business checking Mm -hmm. and savings is at a completely different bank Mm -hmm. than the personal. Right. And so I, I love that, you know, in, in, in the course of time, as things have changed, especially we're in the world of, of online banks mm-hmm. and, and things like that, which I think are, they have a lot of merit behind them. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, it's, it would be so easy to make that, you know, to have that all set up at one mm-hmm. place. And that advice still hasn't changed. I, right. I believe in that too. Right. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it in many cases, it would have made it easier. Um, you know, and especially when, you know, before online banking, you know, I had to go to different places. I, I couldn't deposit a check on my phone because you didn't have a smartphone. <laughs> um, you know, I know I'm just really <laughs> aging myself here today. Um, but you know, and, and so to have to go to multiple places was kind of a pain, yeah. but it really did make life easier because I got, you know, check a, and I went, Oh, okay. This is my business account. Therefore, my little car has to drive to this to this place, you know. And and this is a personal one. My little car is going to drive here. And so it just my you know we never commingled the funds. Um, yeah. You know, it just and 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 I think that really you know the, my very first accountant said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. It makes life so much easier." Well, it makes me laugh because when we set up the business, I mean, in the last 10 years, obviously, technology and the financial services right. industry has taken off. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even, 
uh, maybe six or eight years ago, you couldn't snap a picture of it. Maybe even mm-hmm. less than four years ago. I don't, I don't know exactly when that happened, but I remember being so frustrated when I had to go into the bank to set up the yeah. business accounts. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I have to do what? I have to get in my car and come over there? Mm-hmm. Why is that? You know, and it's just, it's just funny how much it, you know technology has mm-hmm. made things simpler, you know, but at the end of the day, the advice, in my opinion, doesn't change. I still mm-hmm. feel like you should keep those things separate. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and your investments, I mean, all of those, you know, you should keep separate for your business, even if you have it set up as, you know, sole proprietorship and, and all those various things. Because, you know, like I said, when I do my taxes once a year, my accountant goes, thank you. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that takes in the boxes of, you know, things and, and because it's just all, you know, laid out. And, and now here's the cat. I don't like doing my financial stuff. And so what I have found is if I make it simple, it's so much easier for me to do it, you know? And, and so, you know, that's if, and that, that really is one of the, the biggest things this is like, okay, just keep it simple because I don't like to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think probably, I mean, you touched on the retirement thing for, you know, just talking about that for a moment. I mean, I would think that there's, there's a dozen or more different options that a business owner can choose from in terms of how they want to fund retirement. Mm-hmm. And in any given year that they're in, depending on their tax bracket might determine or dictate which one they choose. Mm-hmm. So talk about something that changes every year. Right. So it's funny because a lot of like the, the daily discipline habits that you've talked about that you've created for you and your husband and that stuff still resonates today is mm-hmm. really keeping that stuff simple. But then the strategy of like, okay, well then where does the money go and how do we know when we need to change things? That stuff is complex. And what I, what I think is so cool about it, especially in this situation, I imagine you know, that you believe in the concept of outsourcing that too, of having that third party counsel to say, you know, hey, if, if you know, we've got, if you think about it truly, like nearly every decision you make has a financial implication. Mm-hmm. definitely for your business, but also right. in your personal life. I mean, mm-hmm. from, you know, something as small as, as when you're shopping at the grocery store mm-hmm. and what type of yeah. meat you're going to buy. Are you spending 10 bucks or nine bucks? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost every decision you have has a financial implication mm-hmm. behind it. And so we believe that we should be talking about all of it, big mm-hmm. or small. Right. Um, so I think it's, you know, that stuff, it allows you to keep those, in your case, allows you to keep those, like those simple strategies mm-hmm. in place because you know you have someone that you can leverage for the, the mm-hmm. complex stuff too. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, let's talk about the small business owner, the entrepreneur Ooh. who doesn't have a lot of money really in many cases is just going, you know, let's make it through this month. Let's make it through this month. Let's make it through this month. And, you know, but you know, they, they're, they should also be planning. And, you know, I'm just really going to pay attention to this. Um, but it, it, it is something where, you know, as I said, we don't think about it because we're so consumed with making sure we get through the month. You know, maybe we've planned for a year. There might be a five-year plan in, in place. Yeah. You know, talk about how you work with those, those type of businesses to make sure that they're an ongoing entity. Well, so we, we live in this, um, in this thing called the gig economy, right? I love using that term because it's... And I have no yeah. clue what it means. Old person here. What is a gig well, economy? It, it really <laughs> just, it's like this, I think it's this catch-all term to describe that, you know, there's so many different ways to be a, an independent contractor, okay. a freelancer mm-hmm. um, for different work. And I mean, you, you look, at, look at us as an example mm-hmm. of different areas that we employ personal virtual assistants mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and we serve as someone's fractional CFO. You, you don't have, I think the idea used to be in the financial planning world is you had to have a bunch of assets. You had to have uh, a retirement. You, you needed to come to the table to sit down with a financial advisor even for that discussion to happen. And honestly, they weren't going to talk to you if you didn't have a million dollars. Yeah. And that, that's just a, that's a byproduct of, of um, our industry communicating it in the wrong way. I mean, that it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been that way. And so we work with business owners all, I mean, you think about it, like you're investing in your business. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you're month by month, you're, you're pouring all your money back in. You're probably not paying yourself Mm -hmm. in the early days. You're doing everything you can to make it grow. And so that's where, that's your biggest asset. Mm -hmm. And just because that asset doesn't 
represent a retirement portfolio or a 401k doesn't mean it should be ignored. In fact, if anything, it should be it should be handled with even more diligence and care, one might argue. And so we, you know, in this world of the gig economy, you know, we, we you know, use this idea as being a fractional CFO where um, typically as part of a business owner's cash flow plan, we're just, we're a monthly expense on the line item of their budget um, to serve as, as counsel and, um, you know, objective, you know, objective advice to, to communicate with them and, and figure out ideas, hash through things that, you know, whether it's, okay, should we do X, Y, Z for scaling and marketing our business? Where are we at on the financial end? Can we close out our books for the year? Mm-hmm. What type of retirement plan should we fund? I mean, you name it, we talk about it. We also feel like because early on those, the worlds collide of, of business and personal, as I've mentioned, that we can't ignore that stuff either. Right. So that engagement typically falls um, not just for the business, but for their personal planning as well. Right. Um, and I just, I, I think it's, I think... You know, I don't know if this is a big deal to say or not, but I just think my industry has done a really bad job of communicating how we serve. I mean, I, I just, I, it's, that's the old school mentality of you need to have assets to work with us. And that's just not our, that's just not our ML. Right. Well, am I correct in assuming, John, that you're one of those dreaded millennials? Uh, yeah, I think I, <laughs> I think I fall in. I'm 32. I know I fall in the category of millennials, but I think I'm an older millennial. Right. Yeah, see, and yeah. I'm a, a younger baby boomer. Yep. Uh, I'm like right at that. Yeah, and but you know, and and it's funny because you know, I it, it always annoys me when somebody is bad mouse millennials. Um, <laughs> you know, there's because out of any of the the demographics that we create, you've got good and you've got bad. But I have found it's now. Granted, you know, I'm interviewing people on my program, so they're they're going to have their act a little bit more together, you know, no matter what. But I love the millennials that I talk to, especially because they do have a different perspective, um, you know. And 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 I'm kind of you know in the middle part where you know the pe- my my older business associates and friends do have a totally different mentality. When it comes to business planning, to financial planning, you know, all of those various things, as opposed to the, the younger demographics. And, and I think a big part of it is exactly what we were saying before, you know, millennials grew up with technology. You know, I, I did not touch a computer until I was a senior in high school. And, and it was this basic thing that did like some word processing thing. And, and you know, and, and, and I certainly didn't, you know, didn't really use one in college, all of those various things. And, you know, that's one of the things that you just grew up with. And, and so that the cool thing is that's part of why, you know, it's, it's important to work with you because you do know those resources. You know how to do all of that. Um, my mother is so funny. She's 87. I love my mother. She's 87 years old. On her computer every day, she texts, you know, all these various things. But she will tell me, you know, go ask Google such and such. And she thinks, you know, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) But, but yeah, so, you know, the, the, the younger demographics, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you bring that much needed um, business opinion and business acumen because that is what you grew up with. I'm so glad you brought this up because I remember listening to your podcast over in the last few days, I was walking my son and you were talking about the same thing. And I was just shaking my head going, yes, yes. We're not all like this. We're not all like what the perception of millennials can be. Um, I think, you know, and certainly I, I, I subscribe to the idea. I think it's like a, uh, it's not Tim Ferriss didn't come up with this concept, but it's like, you know, you surround yourself, like the top five people you surround yourself mm-hmm, with. Right. Are the people? Yeah, it's it's going to be the the um, you are the top five people you associate with. Yeah, and 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 so if if you want to average up, then you know make sure that you're surrounding yourself right. with really good people. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the the peer group that that we're friends with, mm-hmm. that we're colleagues with, that and and so on. I, I think that we're part of the millennial population that that does work hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see things a different way, right. and we we implement technology mm-hmm. and. Um, and we do things differently, but I, I don't, I think our, our generation gets a bad rap and I all, but I will also say I don't particularly identify with, cause I guess the millennial, that's a pretty big gap. I mean, if right. it's, the, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, if someone's a 21 year old millennial, we're in a pretty different life mm-hmm. phase and transition at 32 right. versus 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you so have I, a family, they're just getting out of college. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would say I don't, I don't fully identify with them, but I, you know, we work with 
generationally a lot of different mm-hmm. client families, and I, I work with clients mm-hmm. that are that age. Right. Um, the big difference, I think, is you know we really believe in here. My like, who am I to speak for like the millennial generation? <laughs> we really like we really believe in the idea of having passion connect to your work. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, certainly that's, you know, I, I love what I do. I've always mm-hmm. loved what I've done and, and now starting Canterpath Financial. I love it even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was up at 3 a.m. partially because we have a three-week-old, but also because I love talk, it's like thinking about this stuff. And I'm texting my business partner like, mm-hmm. hey, what do you think about XYZ? I love it. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think that's the, that's the unique thing about our generation. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would use passion as one of the top five right. words to describe mm-hmm. the millennial mm-hmm. Uh, generation because that's we want to make sure that our life's work connects to something that's right, me right and you know so many i think we're really going off on a different i know, t- I know I um I so many okay. of the especially the older baby boomers had a job they had a career um you know they they did what they were supposed to do and passion never really entered into it. Um, you know, and, and so what's fun is when I see people who, you know, have either, you know, just said enough, you know, and, and they've started their own businesses. I mean, there is a reason why there are so many small businesses and they're not, you know, it's not millennials, it's baby boomers who are looking at their life and saying, wait a minute, I want more. You know, I want to do what is my passion, um, you know, or the, the people that have retired. And, the, you know, that that is one of the nice things is people are, in many cases, because they've planned, they are able to retire younger. But then they're like, well, what am I going to do now? Right. Um, so that's when they're starting those those businesses. And, you know, and, and we whether it's the side hustle, I love that term, <laughs> or, you know, or they're actually starting a business. It's, it's fun to see that um, because they are saying, you know what? Now is the time I want to do something that's important to me. Yeah. And I know that I know that that you had mentioned the word passion was never really part of like the baby boomer generation, like that that idea of work and passion. Mm-hmm. But I am finding that to be the case now. Like you're saying, more and more clients that we work with retire early um, and then they go consult. Mm-hmm. They they do all the things about what they were previously doing um, that they enjoyed. Right. And, and they just get to focus on doing that. And I, it's really fascinating to see. I think it's so cool that it's not just, you know, it's not just the millennial mm-hmm. generation that can, you know, take advantage of the quote unquote gig mm-hmm. economy and, mm-hmm. and to do those things. But we're seeing, we're seeing people from all ages do that. And, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. Right. Yeah. Well, and then of course, what's happening is, you know, as they're getting older, they're thinking, okay, I need to plan for this. Yeah. <laughs> See, here we go. We bring it back into what we're talking about. Like and, and so they have to have done financial planning in order to make sure that when they do retire, they can do whatever it is. You know, they can travel, they can buy the tiny house in the woods. Um, you know, I always love it on Facebook when, you know, somebody posts a picture of like this cabin off in the middle of nowhere where it's absolutely gorgeous. And they say, you know, if you could live here for a year, um, you know, would you give up the internet? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, you know, or, you know, all of those various things. And, and I think that is, you know, that is one of the things people are thinking about is, okay, we are going to retire. You know, the, the, the older demographics, you know, they definitely worked, you know, they, they had to, they had to work into their seventies, into their eighties. They worked until they died. Um, you know, and, and, and now, you know, the, the generations are thinking, yeah, you know, we, we will retire at some point or, or we'll go to part-time or consult or things like that. So they have to have made those financial steps to make sure that, you know, they don't get to October and go, how are we going to make it through the rest of the year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and you know what? I mean, I think, Anyone who's really like 32, 33 and older um, really felt what the Great Recession did for the economy, for our family. I mean, we really felt that. So if you were, let's say, in your 50s at that point, and you're now talking about succession planning and retiring, that's a big, that's like investor trauma. 2008 was a big deal. I mean, statistically. When you looked at your 401k and it went, what? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, listen, I know it wasn't, I, I don't think like in terms of the American psyche, it was quite as, 
bad as the Great Depression in mm-hmm. 29. Right. But statistically speaking, this recession in 2008 was, was statistically worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, the analogy of like, you know, if you get on an airplane that goes through turbulence that you think is going to go, is going to crash mm-hmm. and then doesn't, you're never going to get on an airplane the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like this is the same way mm-hmm. kind of, you know, in terms of investing and planning and doing those things um, that might've prolonged mm-hmm. someone's retirement, that they might've continued right. to work yeah. as a result mm-hmm. of 2008. And so proper succession planning mm-hmm. for a business owner who felt 2008 and doesn't want to ever feel that again, um, it's a really big deal. Or someone who's retiring and, and wants to have their second act and now wants to go mm-hmm. and consult. I mean, it, it has some psychological mm-hmm. effect and that stuff's worth talking through too. Because it all goes back into what what is that strategy? Mm-hmm. What should we be doing? Are mm-hmm. we funded enough? How do we want to live in retirement? Mm-hmm. All those things go back to that. And we all felt 2008. I mean, that was... Mm-hmm. Depending on what cycle you were in in your life, mm-hmm. it, it was traumatic. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think with a lot of people, it really did make them realize, okay, we have to be diversified. Yeah. Um, you know, and take an a, a more active role in it. Um, you know, as opposed to just you know relying on say their company's four hundred one k. Or, um, you know, all these various things was like, nah, wait a minute, maybe I better actually pay attention to yeah. where I'm investing and what I'm investing in, um, you know, and, and short-term risk, long-term risk, you know, all of those various things, which is a good thing. You know, we all should be doing things like that um, you know, because you never know what's going to happen, you know, and, and, and so diversification obviously is, is one of the best things, but that, that comes back to, okay, I know I should be doing that. <sighs> I didn't even know where to start, right. you know, and, and so that's where, you know, they, people just absolutely have to work with financial planners. I think business owners for sure though, in 2008, if they were a business owner then and they mm-hmm. continued to, to, if their business changed or they maintained that same business and, and started growing it back up, what probably happened, and I, I've seen this firsthand with clients we work with, they didn't actually have a fully funded 401k or right. however we define that or putting money in their Roth IRA or IRAs, what they were really doing was they were going all in on their business, mm-hmm. um, which was great until the music stopped and their business right. was in the, in the tourism industry or in, you know, in industries that got right. really hit mm-hmm. hard in the recession. And so now as we've, as we're now 11 years into, into economic expansion, um, you know, I think now the conversation is, for a lot of those people, probably succession planning. How are we going to transition out of the business? If we keep it within the family, mm-hmm. sell it. How do we structure this, the, the buy-sell agreement to do so? Um, and really, how do, we, how do we make sure we're funding other assets and yeah. areas of our life mm-hmm. so that we are diversified, which is mm-hmm. the key word that you use? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think business owners tend to go all in on their business, which for a period of life, for a season of life, that's almost like a necessity for it to continue to grow. But then once it's thriving, mm-hmm. that's where all these other strategies mm-hmm. start coming into play. Right. right. And then, you know, the other thing is you have to be looking at your industry, you know, or, or whatever it is, and planning for changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking uh, with a guest the other day, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, 10 years ago, the only way you got a website was you hired a website developer, right. you paid them an ungodly amount of money, and, you know, and, and they used that weird thing called HTML, and they programmed it for you, and they put in keywords and, and all these things, and then along came that little thing called WordPress, and more importantly, everybody could do it, you know, and it was really, you know, it's really pretty simple, and so, you know, for those website designers, if they didn't adapt, they died. You know, mm-hmm. their their company just you know, and 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 we see that with businesses all the time. You know, we we were you know, the, my guest and I we were talking about the fact that you know there was that that company called Kodak, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sears. You know, all of these companies that we see failing now because they did not plan for the future. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so it's not just financial planning; it is thinking about okay. What if technology changes? Um, you know, the, you've, you've got some of the people that are kind of the, the, the doomsdayers that say, okay, well, what if we go backwards? Okay, yeah. you know, maybe you should be planning for that. Sure. Um, you know, and, and you know, I, I always cringe when I have people who tell me, you know, well, I don't have a website because I just have a Facebook business page. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Um, right. You know, and, and I tell them, you do understand you don't own any of that. Right. You know, and, and you could go to log in tomorrow and Facebook could be gone. Facebook could change. Facebook could say it's going to cost you $10,000 to access your page. Right. You know, you need your own real estate even if it's just a landing page. You know, have things like that. Well, and those two things are, are really for different uses, right? I mean, I view Facebook more as a means of um, communication, updating, and the, the followers that we have on our, on our Facebook page predominantly are clients. And so, you know, we share family-oriented activities that we're doing, client events. Like, that's, to me, what that's for. Mm-hmm. Your website is really a window into right. who you are, what's your why, and, and getting a glimpse of that, I think. So, I mean, yeah, in 2019, I, having a website is a necessity. Right. Well, and it comes back to what I was saying, you know, with that little thing called WordPress, it's so easy to have a page, you know, even if it is like I said, just one page where you've got a little bit of information about your company, um, you know, some things like that. And, you know, and, but, you know, that is part of the whole business planning part of, of the process. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to start a business, you have to have an online presence and it really doesn't matter anymore what you're doing. You have to have an online presence. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about the fact that, you know, millennials and, and Gen Z, you know, they've run out of alphabet. I don't know what they're going to call that the, the next, <laughs> yeah. one. but you know, they, they automatically are going to go look for you online. Right. And if you don't have that online presence, then to them, you're not a real business and they go on to the, the next thing. Well, it's funny you say that because we do a lot of content online right now. We shoot mm-hmm. a lot of videos and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, mm-hmm. I like it. I enjoy it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the best behind the camera, but we're all you know, work in progress. We're all learning. Um, but what I've learned is when a client referral comes into our office, um, sure, that already sort of deepened the ties and the relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a sibling of, of the current client we work with mm-hmm. or a family member or, or a friend. Somebody who listens to this program. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and so that deepens the connection already. Mm-hmm. But then we were having these initial meetings with people. Mm-hmm. And for maybe three to five months, I could not figure out why um, they felt so they, – like they, there was just a better connectivity – to in that meeting to me and I, and I thought this is so weird like why do they think they know me and then as I started probing I realized oh they're watching the videos mm-hmm. and and so because they would say oh yeah you know I saw that video that you did on mm-hmm. on um you know <clears throat> different types of retirement plans or I saw that video that you did on usefulness versus productiveness or something and and I thought wow that's really powerful that they come in you know in the video they already saw the office behind me mm-hmm. They know the environment that they're entering. Mm-hmm. And then they heard me speak. They understand my communication style. That really matters. And it, it's right. not, we didn't intentionally do video mm-hmm. um, because we thought that directly it would result in more clients. That mm-hmm. wasn't the objective. It was yeah. just a, a means of communicating mm-hmm. with clients, sharing good, good mm-hmm. content. And so it's just, it's, it's fascinating how powerful it is. It really, mm-hmm. it's really, it's really right. kind of neat. Well, yeah, you know, we, we've only been doing video for this program since April. And it came about in kind of one of those roundabout ways. I had another financial person who was a guest on the program and he was telling me that he has a YouTube channel and he does very short, quick little, little tips um, and has hundreds of thousands of followers. And with some of his videos, he gets um, sometimes, you know, 20,000 people who watch that video. And I thought, a financial video that gets <laughs> 20,000 people to watch it. You know, now he was a very entertaining man, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and so that was part of it was, you know, his videos were fun. They were short, you know, all of those various things. But then I thought, well, okay, if he can do it, I should be able to do it too. And so that was kind of where that started. Plus, you know, as, as you and I were talking before the program, it's fun because now I see my guests, you yeah. know, we're, we're having that, face-to-face conversation, um, you know, and, and so that's why, you know, it, as a business owner, it's, it's great if you can have video, you can do Facebook Live, all of those various things. Of course, the other cool thing is you can, you, I, can meet with clients around the world 
and have these face-to-face conversations, right. um, you know, for, for, for free. I mean, you know, that's amazing. I remember, you know, it's so funny. Every once in a while I see these things um, it, on Facebook where, you know, they're talking about a corded landline, you know, one of these things. <laughs> and, um, you know, the fact that you know, we only would call people after 8 o'clock on weekends because right. you got the cheaper rate. <laughs> and I remember uh-huh. that. Yes, there I am aging myself again. But, um, you know, and, and now we can talk to people around the world on video for free. Um, yeah. You know, now I have the paid version of Zoom just because I do longer type of, of recordings. But for most people, they can use Skype, they can use Zoom, they can use whatever and meet with clients, meet with potential clients, you know, business partners, whatever around the world for free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend of mine that we do meetings like this, that they live in Germany and we do planning sessions like this. I have clients who I've never actually met face to face and shaken their hand. Right. Um, but because of technology, because of you know, me being able to screen share and talk through mm-hmm. ideas and get to know them, this like the way that we're communicating right now, um, we can do just as good of a job virtually as we could do face to face. Right. And so I just, I, I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a great time to be alive that mm-hmm. we can work this way mm-hmm. and not have geographical boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, now for us, we're very tech advanced. So we love implementing all that stuff to do mm-hmm. that. Um, I would say for, for many people, that's, that's gotta be something worth implementing. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, you know, zoom videos mm-hmm. and zoom calls like this, it's huge. It's mm-hmm. really, really, it's right. just, it's fun. Cause I, otherwise, you know, if it was just a phone call, and I only worked with someone that way. You don't even get to see their mm-hmm. body language, mm-hmm. how they're communicating. You don't, I mean, there's just so many cues that you can pick up on working right. with someone. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially in your line of business, sure. you know, it, emailing somebody about financial planning, yeah. you know, that's, that's pretty tricky. If I can see you, you know, so, you know, like earlier when I mentioned the word Bitcoin and you made a face, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, you know, so things like that, you're right. That's what we pick up on. And, and, you know, and, and so as a business owner, you think about that, you know, can you be working this way? You know, you still might need to follow up obviously in many cases with a written communication, especially if it's regarding money. I mean, you know, um, you know, and, and some things like that, but yeah, just to have these face to face type of communications, it really is, you know, a great uh, benefit for, for business owners. Well, and, and to even go one step further, and this is, this is a little bit unique, but we, we have, you know, I mentioned earlier in the program, like personal virtual assistants that we work with and they do a lot of heavy lifting for us. They do a lot of great work helping with our you know, marketing stuff, helping with um, client communications and what have you. And we've done like the training series, mm-hmm. training videos, mm-hmm. the onboarding videos. We've shot all of those with mm-hmm. the program where I can screen share. Mm-hmm. They can see my you know face in the little bubble on the side and I can screen share and walk mm-hmm. them through a tutorial training video. So we've got a whole content right. library internally mm-hmm. on our own drive mm-hmm. where it's just training videos on yep. marketing, on systems, mm-hmm. on protocols, mm-hmm. protocols. I mean, it's just... There's so many unique ways you can leverage mm-hmm. technology today in, in scaling your business. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so, it's so incredible. Well, and of course, it you know we're going to really wrap it back up here. It makes <laughs> sense financially. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you know meeting like this as opposed to face to face. You know, in, or I shouldn't say that as opposed to in person. Mm-hmm. You know, even just you know here in Atlanta. You know, it's, it takes me a half hour. They always say plan on a half hour, wherever you're going, you know, that's, that's the close one. You know, I could easily drive an hour and still be in Atlanta, Um, you know, and, and so just that time, you know, of, of me getting in the car, driving, going and meeting somebody and then driving back. I mean, that's, it's not a waste of time, but it's, in many cases, not a good use of time, right. you know, and, and I should be dedicating, you know, so maybe I lost three hours of drive time, you know, that's three hours that I wasn't making money, right. um, you know, and, and ultimately it comes back to, as we were saying, you know, working with other people, you know, could I figure <laughs> out how to do my own financial planning? Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know, you mentioned, you know, maybe it takes you 20 hours of Googling and you're still a little bit confused. Okay, that's 20 hours that I've lost. 
yeah. you know, and, and so it's better to, you know, to pick up the phone, to pick up, you know, that, you know, you're, you know, start it and launch your program, all those things and say, Hey, John, talk to me about X. Well, and I think because situationally we understand what's going on. And certainly if you've had, if we've had 10 or 15 or 25 conversations with you, we know you in a more meaningful way than if you've just had one or two. So I think that as the relationship grows, the, it gets even better and better as well because we're able to quickly help um, work through an issue. You have choices A, B, C, D, and E. We're going to find the one that's most financially optimal right. for you and your business and your, and your personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I would say that because when you Google anything, you can find the opposing oh. view mm-hmm. always. Right. Like So if you're Google, Googling how to do a, a Roth IRA conversion or something mm-hmm. crazy, you can find the exact opposing view of why you right. should do that. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to feel mm-hmm. like, okay, well, which article do I right. listen to? Like, and they, this what's reputable to information? Right. <laughs> That's the, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if, if you're focusing your time on doing like the high leverage things for your organization mm-hmm. and really scaling and growing, it's just so much more time efficient to work with someone who understands you, understands your business and your life right. and can say, Hey, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so for sure, this makes sense over that. Here's why let's have some dialogue around it and see if we feel differently and we can talk about it. So I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's fun. And at the end of the day, you really want to make sure, um, obviously, you know, you vet somebody, you you ask the right questions. Um, and we've got a good like questionnaire to ask when you're interviewing financial advocates. So I could, I could share that if you'd like, um, you know, you want to make sure they've got their credentials and that type of thing. But at the end of the day, does it feel like a good fit? Like, does that personality right. match? Do you mm-hmm. feel deep in your gut that, wow, they really, mm-hmm. in that first hour that I had a conversation with them, they really seem like they know me. They really mm-hmm. seem like they know their stuff. And I could see myself having future conversations mm-hmm. in the next year with that person. Right. If that's a yes, that, that's the biggest, to me, that's the biggest question. Mm-hmm. All the other boxes need to be checked too. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be credential. They need to have, you know, their certified financial planner or whatever you're looking for. They need to have those things mm-hmm. too. But you just need to be a good fit. You need to get along right. with them. You need to like right. them. You know, you don't want to dread when your financial planner calls you. If, you're, if yeah. you look you at the phone and go, you don't want to ignore it. You know, yeah, yes, ID. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the problem. If you look at the phone and your financial mm-hmm. planner's calling and you go, oh, I'll call that person later. Mm-hmm. That's not a good sign. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and as we've said, you know, it really should be, you know, to, to some degree or another, an ongoing relationship. You know, this isn't tell me what I need to do today. And then I never talk to you again. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, you briefly mentioned the fact that, you know, you, you work with companies, you know, where you're, you, you are truly part of the entity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're not going to get into fee structure or anything like that because we want to encourage people to contact you, um, <laughs> to find out what's going on, um, and, and how they can best work with you. But, you know, whoever you work with, it really does need to be a long-term thing and not just, Hey, I'm going to, you know, talk to that person once a year. Um, because you know, that might be okay, but when it comes to your financial planning, we really shouldn't be doing okay. Yeah. I think you'd hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's okay. Um, I've done that a couple of times as, as favors where we've had sort of like a a Mm one-time, Um, engagement yeah. and it's for this. Are we on the right COVID. path type of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's okay, but I, I just don't think that it it answer it, it sort of answers the the pain points of that moment. Mm-hmm. But then, what happens in six months from now when life changes because it always throws curveballs? Right. Your business or your business is changing. Mm-hmm. New opportunities present mm-hmm. themselves. So having someone that you've got this ongoing engaged relationship with, anyone we work with, we really require that because mm-hmm. I just feel like that's where. The, you know, the individual or the company gets the most leverage out of us. Like they get the most out of us in the working relationship. And that's where we find meaning. I love that mm-hmm. stuff. It's just so fun to me to have the, to have that dialogue. So um, it, I always feel like it's a win-win both ways. Right. Well, John, you mentioned the fact that you can work with people all over because of technology. So if someone wants to work with you, how do they reach out to you and connect with you? Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, my email address is john at canderpath.com. I would really encourage anyone to just check out our website, which is canderpath.com um, or even our Facebook page. You can see some of my videos where I talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. So it's, uh, there's numerous, numerous channels to, to reach me. Do, do you want me to list a phone number too, Deb? No. 
No, that's fine uh, because it is on your website. So, perfect. you know, so again, that's candorpath.com. Yep. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you've got great resources there. You can, you know, learn about your business partner, all of those various things. We do need to see pictures of your three week old. Um, <laughs> John is a very new father, um, you know, and, and so, you know, but I mean, that is kind of part of all of this. You know, when we work with people, we do tend to, you know, put them in our lives as, as, you know, almost an extended family. And I think that's where we have very successful business relationships is when we develop those, those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and again, I mean, we find meaning with it. We want to see the clients we work with grow Mm -hmm. and, and, and prosper and thrive in what they're doing. So it's really, it's, it's meaningful to us as much as it is to Mm -hmm. them to be able to have those, you know, really sound financial principles right. and advice that we give. So I, I think it's great. So right. it's a good relationship. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, John, we are at the top of the hour and this has been so much fun. You know, we definitely have to do it again because, you know, there are things that, that we should probably talk about, you know, okay, what do you do at the start of a year? You know, yeah. all of these various things. So, you know, we'll make sure that we have you on again, but until then, do you have any final words that you want to leave everyone with? Whew, yeah, let me think about it. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, when you're looking to, to consider a financial advocate, like I said before, really trust your gut and make sure obviously all the other boxes are checked and that you feel good about them. But at the end of the day, is it going to be a good, is it going to be a good ongoing relationship? And then beyond that, I mean, sort of tying back to what we talked about earlier in the program, um, you know, about millennials, like, you know, connecting passion mm-hmm. to your work. I mean, anything worth doing, it's not easy. It's typically on the other side of fear. I'm not trying to get like all emotional or uh, motivational and emotional about it, but I really believe that. So if you're, you know, you're listening to Deb's program, um, considering starting that business idea, working that side hustle, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably worth going for it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Anything worth doing is on the other side of fear. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I love it. And that's a great way to end the program. So I am Deb Creer having a fascinating time talking with John Kennedy of Candor Path. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.